In this three-dimensional dual world, it is built upon qualities of light and dark. There are aspects of heaven and hell on earth, morning and night. There is darkness and sadness in all of us. And I'm not afraid to address that. I know that within us, though, there is light and goodness. I believe that we sometimes put up a mean exterior. I think of this as the dark aspect, the, uh, the charcoal. And there is charcoal surrounding our diamonds. This is our light and our goodness. I think that whenever we give someone a warm smile, show empathy, or provide an act of compassion, we chip off a small piece of their charcoal. The more love and genuine interest that we show to another, the less charcoal there is essentially in one's soul. Uh, each piece of charcoal that's chipped off, the closer we are to the diamond. I know that I cannot change the world, but I can help change people on a small level. And then maybe our society will be slightly improved over time. It all begins with us. If we all took small actions, then we can make great progress. Being empathetic and loving our neighbors as ourselves can help to lighten their soul. If we all did this, don't you think our world would be a little less cold? Love is a powerful thing, and connection with others is the only thing that can change people on a personal, energetic level. This is the way in which I subconsciously hope to change people, and it's something I believe we should all practice. This point of view allows me to help lighten the hearts of others and even potentially helps to change the world on a smaller scale. If everyone did this though, it would not be on a smaller scale. I'm writing this to help people understand how important it is to treat people like they matter. When people feel like they don't matter, it turns them into someone they're not. Uh, lack of love is the cause of the hell-like features of this earth. And regardless of how anyone else has treated you in your past, you need to decide to be a light and create the world that you've dreamed of living in. Because life is not perfect. People have to grow, people have to understand and learn from their mistakes. But would you, wouldn't you rather be on the right side of history? And I intend to help lighten the hearts of others. Every action has an impact, and my action to their being and their actions to the world, it's, uh, it's all about unity and connection to others, and there's so much more important things than standing out. We need to be united and connected. Individualism is good when we are being our true authentic loving selves, but going out of the way to be different is only an illusion, a mask for our ego. And we believe we are separated and not connected. The individualist mindset, if too high, can only cause greed, selfishness, and egoism. And what can really be good about that? Realizing that the ego is not the truth, and you're more than just your masks, you realize how important it is to be your genuine self, the non-ego, the God essence, the complete untangling of the self. The true genuine self can be acknowledged when we actually become self-actualized. Because we're not separated, we are connected. So, um, what exactly is self-actualization? It's a process, a uh, evolving realization that we're part of something much bigger than ourselves. It's becoming aware of the true nature, which we will continue to explore throughout this podcast. It sounds uh, paradoxical, yes, but in reality, who is we are who we are, who we think we are not, basically. In fact, it's much further below the surface of our personas. Who we are is something much deeper, more universal, and more connected. One thing for sure is that we are not what our ego thinks we are, a product of circumstance. 
Overcoming feelings of victimization, in my life, I realized I was more than my own experiences. My experiences don't define who I am or what I'm capable of. However, over time, my experiences have brought me into a state of alignment and helped me to grow. My experiences have led me to a place that I'm comfortable in currently in my life. This transition into alignment was a longer transition, but overall, worth it, because it allowed me to become self-actualized. I now view myself as an ever-changing vessel of growth and alignment, not a victim of circumstance. I realize that the world does not determine who I am, but I am the world. I am energy in motion, always changing, always evolving, with the sole purpose of bringing alignment into all things. To create a more unified experience for all beings, it can be a vessel of love. I am part of it all, the energy in motion, connected to all things with the life goal of creating unification and harmony in my inner and outer world. I am this energy, the same energy that fills the trees in the air, the energy within you too, the energy in everything and everyone. This source, whatever you want to call it, is also in you. Whether you call it God, the universe, the world, you are also an embodiment of it all. Now, as you continue to read and listen to my podcast and be a student of life, I leave this question for you. If you're not what you've experienced, then who are you? You are nothing but everything. You are part of the greatest mystery that there is, a living, breathing embodiment of the great mystery. This is what it means to be, to actually be real. And that was the biggest realization I had in my life, and it allowed me to change the way I think, act, and put myself aside. I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to fight for what I believe. I can have my own peaceful protest within. I can live out my truth, deeply resonate with that vibration on all levels. I can emit the frequency of love and connection, not using my ego to fight against another's. I'm helping to create a more unified society. I believe that I'm a person of light, one who deeply cares about others' well-being more than my own. And that's how I intend to change the world, and this is just the beginning of my story. Because sometimes the most profound things, the most profound changes can be brought upon without words at all. It's all about being proactive rather than reactive. Becoming self-actualized is about understanding that you are not your circumstances, you are a co-creator and a leader. And I choose to lead through love and to help produce a better culture. Thank you for tuning in. Um, this was Jill from the Jill and Aisha podcast. Blessed be. Welcome back to episode two of Jill's podcast. Today, we'll be talking about our true nature. I'm climbing this mountain of life and then coming back down. Is happiness a choice? or a journey to put it simply it's both both a mindset and a choice that requires action in the now we first establish the goal and make the conscious choice to be happy not wish for it and then take the measures required to accomplish your goal of happiness it's just like anything else in life if you want it you have to work for it It's not something you wait on, it's not something you wish for in the future. People need the action now. If you wait on it, you'll be waiting on it the rest of your life. People are influenced to believe that we need to be out looking for happiness, or maybe that one day we will be happy. 
we will wake up and be happy forever. If you look for happiness, you will only find things. Things such as cars, televisions, Apple watches, and the latest technology. And these things, they will never last, and the happiness is short-lived. We are brainwashed in society to blindly consume and consume more. It is a society built off consumerism. Maybe that is why many of us are so unhappy. unhappy. When we consume, we consume our time and we waste it on things rather than our growth. But there is no time. There is only now. To choose to make conscious choices in the now for your happiness. Happiness is a result of the acceptance of reality and personal growth. And growth is a result of overcoming problems. We view problems as issues, but we should be looking at them as challenges. And if we can have that growth mindset, then we'll see that the problems were never really problems, just opportunities for growth. Challenges are key to growth, and growth is the key to building happiness. Happiness is a process. You will forever be growing and in result becoming happier. I can promise that if you are waiting around for happiness, it's never going to bring you happiness. Blindly wishing on the stars for it will not make it appear either. Instead of wishing for happiness, realize that, realize that happiness has and always been within you the entire time. Wishing only reinforces that there is a lack of it in the first place. It is your true nature to be happy because you are love and light and a reflection of the divine. If it has always been there the whole time, there is no need to wish for it. Happiness is perspective. It's not a desire or want. It's not something attainable but is always available. It cannot be obtained by external things you desire. Happiness is coming into alignment and resonating with this truth that the journey and the destination are one and the same. Happiness is an eternal, ever-changing process, an internal vibration, a choice, a commitment, and a perspective all at once. It's maintaining positive, knowing that everything is ultimately happening for your higher good. For the higher good. With this perspective, you no longer resonate with trauma or the circumstances that you've endured. Happiness is you. You are happiness, and that can never change. Happiness is all how you view it. It is an abstraction, not something concrete. And that's why it's so hard for so many people to grasp, because they can't grasp it. It's not a thing, it's not a concrete thing, it's not a physical thing. It's a vibration. Happiness, in shortest terms, is a rediscovering. It is your true energetic capacity. If your goal is to rediscover happiness, there are always there are always obstacles in the path. Illusions to keep you falling backwards. But a bad day doesn't make it a bad week. A bad week doesn't make it a bad year. And a bad year does not make a bad life. In an adult world, from this point on, you will deal with challenges, conflicts, and setbacks every day from here on out. And it's inevitable. There's no way of escaping it. You could run. You could escape but it will only leave you more withdrawn from your dream. Subconsciously, when we escape, 
We know we are not tackling life and are only decaying. And life is a series of setbacks and successes. When the challenges come, we learn and grow and only open up our horizons. And at the time, it may feel like the whole world is crashing down, but it's not. You've been there other times before and you survived and you will only continue to keep surviving. But instead of simply just surviving, we can change our outlook to be aligned with our higher self or our true nature. Outlook or perspective can help us persevere through tough times. And the more we persevere through challenges, the more resilient we become. In this life, a tough skin is required. It is essential to be resilient or you just crumble like rocks on a mountain. Recently, I've been exploring Buddhism and Taoism and what Taoism is, which is about accepting life for what it is and that life has problems. It is about seeing the beauty in the struggle. In a Taoist outlook, there will always be a struggle, but it's how we choose to overcome the issues that matter. It is still loving life regardless of challenges. Siddhartha touched down on the ground and accepted the world for what it was, rather than try to fight it. His powerful message of hope has changed the hearts of millions and brought positive change into the world. Happiness is about accepting the world and seeking a balance of the mind, body, and the spirit. When you have true acceptance, you're no longer resisting. You're not in the future, you're not in the past, you're in the now. The now, the eternal, the spirit within. Seek it. Don't look for it. It's always there. When we are balanced, we are better able to overcome hardships and connect back to what is true to our life's purpose and keep going. A balanced being is a mindful being. A calm and mindful being is focused on their truest intentions for the world. The more experience a person has, the more resilient they continue to become. And the more resilient they are, the better equipped they are at dealing with the realities of life. Life is one big mountain, and I am intent on reaching the top. I will forever keep climbing, because that is what life is, a mix of struggle and wonder. There is still so much awe in the world, so much growth, and so much love, which is the foundation of everything else. It gives me purpose, hope, and courage to persevere. The people and the places make it worth it. And with that love, I continue to take in the beauty and the joy of the little things. The reflection of the clouds and sunset on the water, the unexplored places, the forests and the mountains, they not only call me, but they call everyone. Just look out for the call and listen. And when you are called, you will struggle. And when you struggle, you will grow. Choose to open your third eye and hear that call, because nature is calling us. Welcome, welcome everybody. Welcome back to episode three of Jill's podcast. I'm sending you all loving light, loving vibrations. Today, we're going to discuss beauty in this life. Overcoming the hardest times in my life, I turn my eyes to the good. I know that evil exists, but it's not my job to focus on things that I cannot change. All I can do, as I learned, is to try to make a change by emitting a positive frequency of light and love and offer advice when needed and asked. To be an observer rather than a reactor 
is also a key concept when it comes to living a happier and more fulfilled life. It is important to be an observer of the great beauty because you're part of it all. To have a strong connection to nature is key. It's not man-made, it's a pure reflection of the divine, just like you. It never fears its seasons, it knows it has a spark of creation, and that its spark resides in all things. This awareness only continues to grow, and I'm connected to that flow. The flow of all things, which I balance my inner world with my outer world. And I flow with it. I flow with nature. I seek the peace of nature, always changing, but always trusting of its seasons. Nature doesn't fear change. All of its seasons are equally important. It goes through cycles of death and rebirth without fear. It stays grounded, even in the face of adversity. Thus keeping its vibration high. We as humans, though, often don't stay grounded during the, face, during the face of adversity. We react, our energy disperses, we're no longer rooted. And if we can stay grounded during adversity, this is the base of everything else. We can continue to stay committed to what really lo matters, like love and nature and beauty. We can resiliently keep moving along without shrinking in the face of adversity. But if we don't have a base, we will only be thrown around in reaction to the outside world. And if we are living in fight or flight mode, then we cannot continue to evolve into the higher aspects of ourselves. We are only living in an external mode, not leaving room for creativity, willpower, love, truth, vision, or wholeness. All the other chakra energies after the root. This is why it's so important to have the first chakra or the root chakra open and active first. If this inner energy is grounded, one can begin to evolve into higher, more complex energies and begin to evolve as human beings, not reactors. The reaction part of the brain is known as the reptilian brain, so it's important to get this part of the brain under control first to progress our alignment. Um, as your perspective changes about adversity and your root is locked, irrespective of the circumstances, Allow yourself to build the circuitry with the other chakras. Begin to take in the beauty of the world through the, the sacral chakra. The chakra is about joy, pleasure, and creativity. Joy is part of our true nature, to be inspired by the beauty of the world, and in turn, create works that reflect your understanding of that beauty. Creation is a reflection of the sacral chakra, and life is conceived in the second chakra. Creation, pleasure, and beauty are all parts of this energy. When you create or admire art, the energy of the cycle chakra is also activated. The next energy is the energy of our core. This third chakra deals with our sense of personal power, personal strength, volition, and how we feel about ourselves at our core. It is no wonder that this chakra resides near our belly button, the center of our body. If we do not feel control of our lives, we will not feel centered and that we have the power to take action to create a beautiful life. In turn, if you do not like yourself or believe in yourself, you will not have the willpower that encourages you to keep going and build your dream even in the face of adversity. That willpower, that force that allows you to keep pushing is the energy of your solar plexus. In the hardest parts of my life, my solar plexus was the force that pushed me to not give up. Because of this, I leveled up into higher chakras. I now know love the energy of the fourth chakra. I did not give up. I fought, and it took me down a spiritual journey where I can now be more open to giving and receiving love. The fourth chakra is all about living in a heart-centered way. 
and I believe it is my sole purpose as a light worker to activate the heart chakras of those in the dark, those who need that final push out of their lowest chakras so they can, too, evolve in love. To give hope is what I aim to do. To give that push out of the solar plexus and into the heart, to know that there is still beauty that can be created if only you do not give up. To express love, though, one first has to know love, and if you're open to receiving, you can also be open to giving. The throat chakra, when used with the right intention, can be used as an extension of the heart chakra. Once a person has become awakened and self-actualized, they feel a true connection to source, and their heart is open. They are more open to love, and then more open to expressing love. They are beginning to live out of the higher self rather than their lower self. The higher chakras are connected to the higher self. The fourth, the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh chakras are the ones, higher ones associated with enlightenment. The throat chakra is also important because it allows one to express how they feel, which is very important when it comes to keeping and maintaining harmonious relationships. The next chakra, the Ajna chakra, or the third eye, is associated with intuition, higher perspective, and being able to understand and see beyond the nature of the dual world and even access psychic abilities. There's a lot of doubt about psychic abilities because we live in such a concrete world. As someone who was born with psychic ability, I know that my psychic abilities only increased as I became more in touch with the energy of my third eye or the sixth chakra. Um, the chakra is also associated with aura viewing, being able to view energy, as one understands that everything is energy. The third eye is a gland, the pineal gland. Certain things can harden the pineal gland, such as excess calcium or fluoride. Fluoride can be found in some waters and even our toothpaste. As I limit exposure to fluoride, I found that my um, clairvoyance or my clear seeing increased. My dreams became more vivid. I was able to practice readings on friends and family with great accuracy. And as my clairvoyance developed, I also started to develop mediumistic abilities. Okay, so not everyone has mediumistic abilities, but everyone has the capacity to be clairvoyant. So some people are just more inclined to have inclined to it or have worked on developing their third eye, which brings about greater clairvoyance-like abilities. But there are um, certain breathing techniques that increase activity in the third eye chakra and help to um, bring more energy and circuitry there. When the third eye is open, you may feel more energy there, like a pulsing or a sensation between your eyebrows. Another thing that can help increase activity in the third eye is a tea called the blue lotus. So this is something not many people know about, but one of my friends told me about it recently, and it honestly, it it was very powerful. Um, whether you drink it or smoke it, it um, it's completely legal too. Um, it definitely does something to your third eye. It, it just, it opens it, and it definitely helped increase my uh, psychic abilities over the summer. And the ancient Egyptians used blue lotus for higher states of consciousness too. When the third eye is open, we can begin to become more conscious and closer to true enlightenment. We can begin to see the bigger picture that all is connected and we are living embodiment of love and creation. Lastly, there's the highest chakra or the crown chakra. And this chakra is the unifying chakra that brings all chakras together into alignment. All energies come to together to create a unified being. When all other chakras are activated, the crown opens and becomes a vehicle for consciousness. It can draw together all these different truths and help an individual to become more unified and aligned. Uh, life is about alignment, and the universe wants you to become conscious. 
that it is living through you and it is living as you in human form. You have an open mind to this. You can receive beautiful visions as the conscious and the subconscious mind can work together to push your development to the max. Meditation and mindfulness are not the answer, but are simply tools that can greatly help to increase consciousness and activity in the crown chakra. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Uh, I hope you learned something about the chakra system, um, even psychic abilities. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, love and light. Hello! Welcome back to episode 4 of Jill's podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about overcoming the invisible obstacle, our own mask. All the world is a stage, and we are merely players, according to Shakespeare. Have we forgotten who we are under all of our layers? Under all of our masks? How are these layers or masks formed? Our own limited experiences, or how others have perceived you? Our man-made personas, or masks, are like the layers of the onion, or koshas in Buddhism. Under all of the kosha resides our true consciousness. At the core, we are perfect and whole. We are always were and always will be. I talked about that a little bit in the, uh, the Jill and Aisha podcast, actually. You have to remember who you are. In this life, we tend to get distracted by illusions, which bring us off our spiritual path. The ego likes to think all things are happening to it. It also wants and wants and can never get enough. It chases an endless path of wants and desires. Ultimately, this chase leaves us feeling more empty and unsatisfied. Adding on to our ego, we only add layers to our masks, which makes it more difficult to remember who you are. Who we are is pure consciousness. Everything and nothing simultaneously. A portal where all things are possible through love and manifestation. You are a co-creator. You always have this within you, the entire time. It is simply a rediscovering and a re-remembering. As a nation, however, we are experience, we're experiencing a conscious amnesia due to the disconnect between all people. Duality is more prevalent now than it's ever been. It's a war of me versus you, and we forget that we can coexist in our true nature. Never allow the world to determine your reality, because you are the world. Just because everyone else is consciously lost and following the trends of other confused souls, it doesn't mean you have to be the part of that rat race. Until you come to the realization that a world of external desires only causes duality and continuation of the ego, you can really never know true peace. But everything is possible when the mind is still and knows this peace. That it is more than the senses, more than the outside world of illusions. The distractions, the illusions, the chase, it no longer means a thing when you can remember who you are again. This relearning, this rediscovering, is the awakening of consciousness. So, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this world of illusions. Um, two stories, um, well, works of amazing literature, the Bhagavad Gita and the Allegory of the Cave, 
Um, in both these stories, there are some very similar important messages. In the allegory of the cave, there's a really bleak, dark cave with prisoners living inside it for all or most of their lives. And some do escape, but for the most part, they stay in the darkness. In the Bhagavad Gita, there is a concept that one must turn all of their energy to God and not get caught up in all of the other worldly matters. This physical world only causes suffering, and one must overlook and overcome the chains of this world and follow one's dharma. In the allegory of the cave in the Bhagavad Gita, it shares the idea that one must overcome the illusion, or the maya, in Hinduism and Buddhism, and not become a prisoner of their own mind. Maya, the illusion, is a large concept in both of these stories. From these works of literature, you can learn that the, the maya, or the illusion, is everywhere. People all tend to get caught up in the illusory aspects of life. Maya, the illusion, distracts us from the truth and from reaching our fullest potential. Maya, the illusion, keeps us limited to our sense, entrapped in our ego, another distortion of the truth. The truth, at its core, is that all of us are connected. And this world is a representation of an infinite blueprint. Everything's energy, made up of energy. There is more than meets the eye. The thing that connects all energy is love. We are all connected through love. And that is the truth. But only our higher self can process that. Maya the illusion keeps us disconnected. And the illusion conceals the truth that God is always there if we reveal the veil. However, the illusion, this darkness, keeps us separated from this knowledge. The shadow self, the deep unconscious mind, the mind itself, which draws attachment to all physical things, conceals this truth. That we are infinite energy and consciousness, but we only see the things of the senses, and it conceals the awe of everything. We fail to see the blueprint, only seeing things that the mind can perceive. Most humans live completely out of their root chakra, or their lower self, drawing meaning and information primarily from their senses. These senses, though, are limited. We are never far from God, but Maya keeps this truth hidden through Prakriti, which we get attached to. Prakriti is all physical material things that the senses derive meaning from. People think that this is what life is all about, and that's all there is. The truth lies underneath the surface, though, within us. Uh, here's a quote from the Bhagavad Gita, actually. Rise above all of them, O Arjuna. Above all the pairs of opposing sensations, be steady in truth, free from worldly anxieties, and centered in the self. The ability to recognize this is what sets one free. According to the Bhagavad Gita, the ego draws attachment to Prakriti because the ego just wants to consume and consume. As humans, we desire more and more, and it's just never enough. The ego is like the animal that can never get enough. It can never be really tame, it's just temporary. And that's what ego happiness is. It's fleeting, it's temporary, and it leaves you needing limitless outside stim. It leads to a consumeristic way of life. The physical world is what causes suffering, but the ego lives for it because it keeps it alive. The physical world causes one to desire, and desire causes suffering. A person not long for anything can just be because they are not attached to the outcome. They are not attached to the future. They can just be, which allows one to eventually overcome the ego. Restraining them all, let him immediately 
steadfast, meditate on me steadfastly. For who thus conquers his senses achieves perfection. It's another quote from the Gita. All perfection cannot be attained. All suffering stems from the ego, and the ego feeds off the illusion. But only the higher self can perceive the truth, because there are so many distractions that prevent us from attaining this knowledge. It has to be an innate knowing that can perceive this. When we only draw meaning from senses, though, we are limited. The ego wants to cling to what it thinks it knows, the limited information that it receives from the mind. It resists change and growth and insists that it knows best. The ego, in reality, is only attached to senses and is limited, so that it sets back. Most people are just going through the motions, and they draw things they just happen to experience into their being. They're socially conditioned. They're environmentally oriented. But it never allows them to draw inward or discover their true identity and their potential for greatness. With our senses, humans tend to derive meaning from the outside world, and the ego tries to make sense of it. It feeds off the senses, one experiences, and it internalizes it. Unlike the ego, soul happiness, though, is not fleeting. Everything from the external is temporary, but soul happiness is the constant amazement at life, the good or the bad, all of it in its beauty. When you lead from within, there's a realization that you are whole. It's a realization that you have everything you will ever need inside you. Inside your heart, your mind, your body, and your soul. Many draw their experiences into their being, a face they wear that is more like a mask. A mask of the true self, not the extent external one they derive from their past. Rather than attach meaning from the out outer world to the inner world, it's best to draw meaning internally and reflect it to the outer world. Life is like a mirror. What you manifest inward, you receive right back. The ego is not real. The biggest illusion of all is the illusion of self. Hence, the ego is not real. The ego is an illusion because it feeds off the maya, a man-made illusion. The ego always needs something to hold on to. It needs to feel real and validated. This being is more of an avatar. We are all energy and consciousness at our core, but we hold on to a false identity that's not even ours to begin with. The ego thinks it wants a consumeristic lifestyle and fed this false identity where it tries to make sense of the world. The sinner, the ignorant, the vile, deprived of spiritual perception by the glamour of illusion, and he who pursues a godless life, none of them shall find me. It's another quote from the Bhagavad Gita. The ego tries to make sense of the world, but it really can't because its consciousness is limited to the physical reality. You see? The ego is only a construct, as is the physical world. It's the blueprint behind the manifestation that is the truth. It's the energetic capacity that starts within, that creates everything surrounding us. We need to realize that it's energy behind everything, and that is the truth, and that life mimics creation, and we are the creators. When we create, we are living out of our true self, always changing, transforming, and creating anew. The key is to live out from the heart, 
connect the inner world to the outer world, not the other way around. Life's about taking action in the higher self, rather than through the limited egoic mind. It's about leading from the true self, rather than the persona that we created based off something that is illusory. The Maya can be described as another term, the matrix. This is not a new concept, this is a concept that has been around for thousands of years, and people are beginning to wake up. It's a concept that has always resonated with people, in eternal truth. This theme is not only explored in the Bhagavad Gita, but also in Plato's cave. It's even seen in the pop culture film, in the 1999 movie, The Matrix. In the allegory of the cave, there are references of the Maya such as, whether on their own or with the help by others, to see anything besides the shadows that are. Plato describes these people as prisoners. They are trapped in their own minds and can see no way out. They are living in their own shadows and they cannot see the light. The real directors, though, are living behind the scene, not craving the spotlight. You don't have to be what everyone else tells you to be, what everyone else wants you to be, or whatever they expect you to be. Write your own life narrative. Can you see the bigger picture? Or are you living for the illusion? In the allegory of the cave, the cave is like the suffering that many people endure daily. Most people are suffering because they cannot see their own divine light. They are trapped in Prakriti. They are concealed from the truth that there is a world beyond it. They cannot see the truth because the light is concealed by darkness. In the end, though, light prevails. Whatever you shine light on comes through. Light will always overcome darkness. When you shine light on your unconscious, the unconscious becomes consciousness. But the people in control do not want the prisoners to be freed, for they are easier to control. They will do everything in their right mind to keep him blind, because it is easier to have a nation of sleeping people rather than a nation of woke individuals. If they are sleeping, they are easier to manipulate and feed beliefs into. They follow like sheep, only, be le only being led into a dark cave where they are most comfortable in. If one gets too used to the darkness, they will accept it and think that's all there is. They will not question anything. They won't go deeper than the surface. They'll just put up with mediocrity because everyone else appears to be doing just fine with this conditioning. We tend to accept a life of limitations, not questioning anything, just doing what we're told. Accepting mediocrity might feel comfortable, but not comparable to the indescribable joy of truth. Take the red pill and wake up. Gloria Steinem once said, The truth will set you free, but first, it will piss you off. And this third wave feminist is very, very insightful with this truth. Because Plato even references how the light was hard to adjust to when the prisoners escaped the cave, but it was better than living in ignorance. There is an inexhaustible blueprint of beauty yet to be discovered behind the veil of the shadow. And Plato put his shoulder to the stone, and it moved, and the light shone in. His deep consciousness was activated. In the beauty of the light, he saw all the colors, and Plato was set free because he saw the beauty underneath the shadow. And Arjuna became awakened because he experienced the divine truth. Thank you for listening to my podcast. This was Jill. Namaste. Hello, welcome back to episode five of Jill's podcast. 
today we will be talking about manifestation as energy beings we have tremendous opportunities opportunities to change our world through ourselves when we're no longer living as victims we can realize that we have the power within us we are the creators and everything is in our power to change or improve we have amazing energetic capacity everything is energy and all energy has a vibration a positive vibration will attract like things of a similar vibration if you're going through a hard time and you internalize that change your perspective on the situation Otherwise, your situation won't change. But if you do change your perspective, you will have a great outcome. Essentially, we are the only ones who can perpetuate our own suffering with our own negative perspective. Life is perspective. And happiness is also perspective. If you want a happier life, change your perspective. If you can remain relatively positive in the face of adversity... The challenge can be seen as an opportunity for growth. If you change your perspective on the given situation, essentially your pain will be cut short and you can align even quicker back to where you want to be. When we can view ourselves as energy being connected to the Godhead, we can step into our power and claim what we want. Our thoughts determine our frequency and a higher frequency will attract things of the same frequency. For example, Thoughts that you are a shitty person will attract experiences that confirm that you're a shitty person. The universe always gives you back what you believe to be true. And if you believe that you are worthy though, more than likely over time, you will build up a high frequency and attract experiences that confirm that you are indeed worthy. Do not fear though. We all have negative thoughts from time to time. However, if you can keep your thoughts for the most part positive, your experiences will primarily be positive in nature. This is why it's so important to recognize that you're not a victim and you are the one creating this life in front of you. If you do not like it, go inside and change your world from within. Happiness truly does begin with you. If your mind is a happy place, more than not, your reality is positive. All it takes is to change our thought patterns. Focus on what you want to see, and more than likely, you will see a better result in front of you. If you're sad, it can only be attributed to your thoughts. If your circumstances are causing your sadness, realize that you have the power to energetically change the outcome with your perspective. Manifestation is all part of stepping into our inner power as creators, as artists. We can paint the most beautiful image possible, and our mind is the canvas. The world is our eyes, watching what we have produced from within. This production, this manifestation, is a reflection of our inner work. And as we level up energetically, we become better artists. We have more control over the paintbrush. We can trust ourselves in our ability to produce beautiful works. We do not fear a bad painting because we know but we can always improve our work. Life is an ever-changing process of growth. Our life is essentially our life work. It's a reflection 
of our progression. We're growing up through stages. You do not have to be afraid. There is always room for improving your work. To be afraid of ruining your work means to never take risks, to never step outside your box. Explore your mind in all of its layers. Go deep within its walls and discover what your mind really wants to express. What does it really want to produce? Listen, feel, create. The soul speaks loudly to capture your attention. Listen to the subconscious. It can help you realize your inner nature as you peel back your layers. Thank you guys. Blessed be. Hello, welcome back to episode 6 of Jill's podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about what it means to be trusting of the process and to practice pure acceptance. I've learned how important it is to trust the journey. I've learned to trust this road. Why? Because ultimately, everything works out for the best case scenario, as long as you're committed to growth. As long as you value your life and the lives of those closest to you. If you actively seek good, alignment is the only option. Success is the only possible road. I have learned to trust my journey. Why? Because through all the ups and downs, I've grown into the woman that I am today, and that is enough. Even during the hardest times, I always came out stronger. I realize, though, life is much easier if you do trust and do not continue to resist, aka trust the process. When you resist, it only takes longer for things to fall into alignment, you see. Ultimately, I realized that everything eventually aligns, and all I have to do, my only job, is to trust. Trust is on the other end of fear, and on the other side of fear is love. And if you fear obstacles and setbacks, or resist them when they arise, you're really only living from a place of fear and limitation. Or survival mode, which is a life of fight or flight response, the mode of the ego. The ego is conditional, the opposite of unconditionality and love. Everything always finds a way, it's just a matter if you want life to come into alignment sooner or later and there is only now. Time doesn't exist. There's only now. This moment. And we're meant to do more than just survive. When you trust, you're no longer resisting or fighting. So actively choose trust. Choose happiness. If you truly value yourself, you will choose to continuously grow into your higher self. If growth and coming into the higher self is the secret to alignment, then why do we still resist? Right? Because the ego thinks the circumstances are the limitation. That is the victim speaking. Only you are the limitation. Your own thoughts, your own egoic mind. Nothing is happening to you, only for you. Don't resist. Choose beauty. Choose yourself. Put yourself first. Choose your energy and allow it to grow to help you and others flourish. If you trust and have this perspective, you will never be depressed and will never live as a victim again. You will only prosper and be the creator rather than the victim. To create, to be joyful and full of love is our true nature. 
but it's easy. It's easier to fall back into our lower self. It requires less effort. That's why people often give up. It's easier to be a victim and blame the world for your unhappiness. It's much harder to realize that you are the only one who can change your reality and raise yourself up. It all begins on an energetic level. If you continue to perpetuate your suffering, your outside reality is only going to reflect that. The moment that you commit to maintaining inner harmony, the world can speed up alignment in both your inner and outer world. Nearly all of the depressed people that I have met have blamed their unhappiness on the world. There is nothing happening to you though, only for you. You are out of alignment and the universe is trying to restore order by providing lessons to evolve your soul. That is the universe trying to restore equilibrium, order, and balance. The universe is always trying to bring balance. When we have major falls though, it takes more effort and energy to restore things back to peace. But we fear bigger transitions as they require us to change our ways, ways that no longer are working for us. To have an open heart and mind during transitional periods is one of the hardest, most, yet, hardest yet most rewarding things we can do for ourselves. To not close yourself off, off and react and be fearful, but to embrace the possibility of a better future. Even when we are full and we are in full synergy, we are still continuing to grow. It just does not feel so much of an emotional toll because there is a more gradual transition occurring. One with less resistance and one is that which is less intense and dramatic. The universe is always in action, an ever-changing fractal. Its goal is to bring alignment in all things at all times, so the soul can know peace or samadhi. Times of bigger transitions require more energy of you, because it needs to be in action to move itself into total alignment. The universe is always in motion for the sole purpose. Its goal is to, that all beings can re-remember itself a source, not the limitation or just the body and the mind. The soul needs growth in order to remember and reconnect with its true nature. Life is all about growth. So the next time you have a strong growth period, remember that you fell back into your lower self and the universe is trying to dramatically raise your vibration to raise you back from the ashes. You need a bigger transition to align. Do not resist, rather than embrace it. So the next time you're ready for a big transition, remember the universe is providing its love and encouragement. Know that the state is temporary and was necessary. Every something um, that I've working, been working on in my life is to not be so attached, and that is everything. Because a lot of things are things that we can't change. I used to take the things that happened to me in my past into my being personally. I take everything personally, then retreat back into the past in fear of the present. This attachment to change the past makes one to have unrealistic and a disappointed expectation of the future. Change comes with loving yourself, you see, and others. And if you know one loves you, and you take that purest form of love, let it give you hope for the future. Our past will determine our future. It only does it if you let it. It's never about controlling your environment, it's about changing your perspective of how you look at things. The past is more like an illusion, and the point of the illusion is to help you to awaken. You were given struggles to awake. Never fret things that you do not understand, because there are infinite possibilities for any given scenario. I can't promise you perfection, but I can guarantee growth. Your growth 
builds a foundation for God's manifested kingdom of prosperity and even evolution. In the past, our ancestors had to make mistakes and grow from them to get smarter and produce better results in the future, you see. The cavemen had to grow smarter over time and get it right. Our life mimics that same vibration. You're set out of your own cave when you see there's no such thing as a perfect life. Stop longing and stop living in fear. If you always want to control your environment, you are also living out of fear, so trust your process. Evolution is our true nature. Not control and not fear. Never allow how you feel to be based off of some outer circumstance, such as how something happened to play out or how one feels about you. Your fears can't hurt you. They can only hurt, hold you back. And in the end, good always prevails. You can become the person you want to become rather than the person people think that you are. Forgive them, for people are flawed. Have compassion for them because they are their own limitation to happiness. Love them because only through love can they change, but understand that not everyone is deserving of love. They are in the three dimension. They do not know what they do. Understand, though, that there is a greater spiritual force that unifies us all together. Allow this to give you hope in humanity. Accept them for what they are, limited spiritual beings. Love them for what they are, spiritual beings experiencing a limitation. Accept the nature of this 3D reality, because most people are living out of the shadow self and cannot see the bigger picture. Accept their shadow and love them for their higher self. Believe in good, but accept the limitation. Until people know love, they cannot surrender to their true nature and to the unknown, a state of samadhi where all things are possible. Because we're living in the 3D, our glasses have filled halfway, but with the right perspective, the glass is half full. If you over-idealize the world, the glass will be so full it overflows, leaving you disillusioned. But with acceptance, there is no longer any resistance. The universe allows all things to flow into alignment so that the frequency can be raised and together we can all rise. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you found this podcast helpful. Um, Blessed be. Namaste. Goodbye, everyone. Hello, welcome back to episode 7. Today, I'm going to be talking about energy, frequency, and vibration. What does it mean to be an energy being? It means to be interconnected to the source of all that is. Never separate, always in action. According to physics, energy can never be created or destroyed. We've always been and always will be. Energy cannot be destroyed, only transferred. Essentially, we are infinite and we most likely were transferred here energetically. According to Newton's third law, what comes up must come down. This rule, when applied to spirituality, teaches us to embrace the ups and downs of life. There is always positivity surrounding you. Sometimes we forget this when we are faced with negative scenarios. However, Nikola Tesla once said, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Yes. Our spiritual energy goes by many different names. Depending on the culture, this energy 
within all beings is called prana, chi, or ki. For example, the Hindu term for spiritual energy is prana, the Chinese term is chi, and the Japanese term is ki. If our prana is active and freely flowing, then our consciousness can be raised. We are one consciousness, and our energy is not separate from the universe. We are the universe experiencing itself in the form of a human to recognize its amazing and abundant infinite potential. The universe is made up of mind, one collective conscious. Thoughts create this reality, and all thoughts are energy, which contain a certain vibration. So live out your true nature, the highest vibration of love. The goal on Earth is to expand the grid of light and love, not to fall into separation and ego. Everything is energy, and we are not separate from the source. When we remember our true nature, we do not have to live in fear and separation. We can lead from a heart-centered space and actively attract good things into our lives. Raise everyone up, and together, we can all rise. When we die, we return to this one source of consciousness, more evolved and more aware of our infinite nature. Overall, we just need to have a love for life, an, an affinity for all of its beauty, guys. Commit to learning, evolving, growing from it all, because you are your own best teacher. Continuously expand in, pe in peace and love. Peace, love, compassion, all these things have been with you this whole time. You just need to discover it for yourself. Start showing up as your highest self. Live beautifully, believe everything is happening for a divine purpose, and channel pure, pure joy. You can do this by imagining your most happy memory. You can go there whenever you like. You can feel that way whenever you like. That pure joy you feel is your higher self. Live in synchronicity with that vibration because it's powerful. Choose the frequency you want and resonate with it. Happiness doesn't have to be circumstantial. You can feel that joy now. Meditate on it. Because you are loved, you are beautiful, and you are complete. And you have every right to be happy. Society might try to make you feel otherwise, to keep you in a lower vibrational state, but level up and manifest the boss babe that you are at your core. There was never anything wrong. We are here on Earth to recognize the divinity within and grow in light and love. Sometimes this requires a box so tight that when we finally break free, it feels like nirvana. When we realize that ultimately everything is in our favor, the good and the bad, growth begins to take place. We learn, we evolve, and we love. Nothing was ever wrong. Everything is going according to plan. All challenges are lessons the soul needed to expand and recognize its potential for greatness. Truly believe that life is beautiful and these problems are here to serve you. It's a mix of good and bad. When climbing this mountain, we get stronger. We become resilient, infinite. Remember how infinite you are, because you chose this life, because you remembered how infinite you are, and you will remember again. When you know, you know. You don't go back. When you realize this truth, remove unnecessary toxicity, continue on with your commitment to growth and spiritual evolution. Live free without chains. Exit the trap, fly out of your cage, and be free. Nobody or nothing can hold you back now. Only you can, and you have the key. Look within, 
and fly. Hello, welcome back everyone. Welcome back to Awakening with Jill and Marty, my dog sitting next to me. He's being a really good boy. Um, today I want to talk a bit about feminism, um, resiliency, and empowerment. So, one of the hardest things, I think, especially when we live in such... We live in such a... We live in a world that almost seems to thrive off of taking away our personal power. Um, why is that? Well, when we're easier to control, there's more things that we can do to help the people in control. You see, although from a global perspective, things do need to be run a certain way to be functional. From like a functional perspective, the fact that we obey and we conform and we do the things we need to do is definitely helpful especially from like an economic standpoint, but we're more than just made to obey and conform, buy and consume and want more and more and more, because that is the really the root of all evil. And they know this. It's the control matrix. The control matrix is the opposite of personal power. Mm-hmm. You see, um, in an ideal world, we could all share our resources, we could all be equal, we could all share this equality, but we're not in a point in history where this is possible, so we're all just trying to do our best to survive in this rat race, which is really unpleasant if you think about it, we're all just trying to make money. Just so we can buy things, so then the world can tell us that we're happy when we have those things. But do those things really make you happy? Yes, um, we need to have certain things in order to evolve as a species. We need to have our certain Maslovian needs met first. We need to have, you know, food and shelter and <coughs> love and family. But we shouldn't put all of our em all of our energy, all of our emphasis on these resources. We should focus on being comfortable enough that we can thrive no matter where we're placed. So, so the most important thing when it comes to creating that sustainable life that we can maintain with others and ourselves. The most best thing we can do is to have a career that expands us, mind, body, spirit. It helps us grow and it helps others expand. To me, the best career is a career... The best career, I think, is a career that brings light to the world around us. That's why I've chosen to go into the healing professions. Whether that's as a therapist, or as a Reiki healer, nutritionist, um, herbologist, psychic, 
These are all things I have in store. The yoga teacher. These are all things that will give me an inspiring life. One where I feel proud. One where I feel motivated. You see, motivation is the core of empowerment. So if you don't really truly feel motivated to do something, <clears throat> you're not working from a place of your true power. So a lot of times when people aren't motivated, they feel disconnected from their solar plexus. They feel disconnected in their heart. You have to have your solar plexus, your will, your heart chakra, and your third eye open, your vision, if you want to be happy economically. If you don't have those things, willpower, love, and vision, you're not going to thrive in your career. You're going to not feel motivated. You're not going to be empowered. You're going to struggle. It's going to be impossible to sustain that long term. That's why I encourage everyone to just go out and be passionate about what they want to do with their lives. Of course, you're going to experience burnout long term if you're not truly inspired by the work you do. And that's not healthy, that's not sustainable, that's not empowering. This world thrives off us not feeling good enough about ourselves. That is the control matrix. The only way to resist the control is to be empowered. Because if you're not suffering, then you're not you're not part of the solution. They want you to be the problem. That is their solution. They're hoping that you'll be burnt out enough that you'll spend the rest of your life on antidepressants and anti-anxiety drugs, antipsychotics, whatever it is they can sell you. Medications, This is what they thrive off of. They're hoping that we spend our lives drinking on the weekends, sick and unhealthy, selling us drugs to pollute us. Selling us the solutions when they're the ones who created the problems. So you see, this is a society that thrives of us not feeling good enough about ourselves, not feeling empowered, not feeling loved enough. Because that's where the money is. These people, they're corrupt. They don't know love. They don't know true power. Your true power is your will and your love. And they have another... They only have just will. And their only will comes from a very, very low negative vibration. To make money. To profit. But when you align your heart chakras with your will, then you know you're doing what you do out of a place of love and goodness so you should feel proud of that you should feel good knowing that so don't let these greedy corporations instill fear and doubt in you this entire society is built off of that it's a system that profits off of you not feeling well enough yourself and I cannot emphasize that enough they'll sell you 
everything and tell you that you're not good enough. And it's it's really disgusting. They tell women that they're not beautiful enough, not skinny enough. They sell all these weight loss pills, all these makeup products. How do you think that affects us as a society? Does that put us at a place of confidence and true power and empowerment? Or does it make us go from a place of shame and fear and resent? <clears throat> So once you know this, that that's how the society works, you never once have to again feel bad about yourself. It doesn't matter what happened in your past. All that matters is how you deal with your present circumstances. Whatever happened is not now. All you need to focus is on your will right now and let that lead you to a place where you want to be. But don't focus on the results. Focus on right now and instilling the values that matter to you in your present life right now. Don't become so focused on the future trying to create this dream that you lose track of the present. Because if you do that, you'll always feel empty and unsatisfied. Everything has a place. Everything. The ego thinks that everything will fall into place, though. Only when... Everything... The ego thinks everything will fall into place, and then they'll be at peace. But your spirit knows that you can find peace within everything. Within yourself, within the world, and then everything else falls into place. I spent so much time in my life not being satisfied. Because I was like, oh, once I have the perfect job and the perfect home and the perfect future, perfect family, then, then I'll be happy. But no. No, I'm creating those things currently. I'm manifesting them right now. I'm manifesting and I'm working hard. I'm not letting fear and doubt cloud my vision. And what I want to see, I'm currently creating. My thoughts amplify my reality. And what I'll see is a reflection of what I'm projecting essentially so keep your vibration high keep your vibration high know that the power is yours that the past is only a figment of your mind and you can't let the mind cloud your vision your vision is your guiding tool Another thing I think is really important is women coming together to be resilient, to be the change they want to see in the world. I think women are, are some of the people who struggle most. I'm not suppressing men's issues at all. I'm saying that women struggle, I think, a lot more with personal willpower. They have a lot more trauma when it comes to the solar plexus and I think they have a lot more problems when it comes to accepting themselves as what they are and who they can be but they don't see who they can be because they get stuck in the past based off how people treated them what people thought of them what people expect of them they place a lot of their mental energy there and I don't think that's that's a healthy thing to do
they need to be resilient. They need to know that what happened happened in the past is not a reflection of where they're going and where they are. So if you can truly love yourself, that's truly an act of rebellion. The world does not profit off of you. You create the example in the world that you want to see. You're an inspiration to all women around you. What can powerful women do? Powerful women are the key to change. They set the standard. They set the new earth. They set the new standard of living. We'll never again feel succumb to fall into these low societal standards of what we should be and that we're not enough. We set the new vision. We create the new the new world. We don't people walk on us, tell us we're not good enough or we're not enough. Because that's, that's all made by fearful men, that whole concept. Feminism is not a bad thing. All it means is equality. All it means is true equality. The politica- political, economic, and social equality of the sexes. And we need that. We are resilient, we are beautiful, and we are enough. So keep this empowerment from this podcast. Know that I love you and I believe in you. And I see beautiful things in your life. And I believe that you can set the example and be the change as well. So thank you. Thank you for coming to my podcast today. I hope you feel a little bit more empowered about your future. And that you create a beautiful reality right now. That you're empowered, that you're loved. You know you're loved. And that you love life. You have so much power. Don't ever let the world tell you that you're not enough. Be a rebel. Be a star. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of Jill's podcast. Um, Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about the abundant nature of love and the abundant nature of nature. So some of this will be my own thoughts, some of this will be more poetic. So one thing that really does matter to me is nature. It's how I find my connection to life. Um, So I want to share some of my thoughts about that. We can all tune in to the abundant nature of nature. (laughs) The abundant energy of nature simply by being aware that it exists we can use some of nature's energy to share with others and the more we share that love the more we can also receive it the more we are aware of it the more appreciation and gratitude we can give back to nature by being aware of nature's love the more receptive we can be the more receptive we are the more we can spread that same energy to others It's similar to Reiki, and it's symbiotic. Everything is connected, and it's all beautiful. So, tune in to the magnificent energy of life and love by simply being aware of its presence. Tap in and receive. Everything is peacefully woven together through love and the breath of life. You are the breath of life. Be still 
and know that I am there. Stay aware and be like the ethereal air. Because just like the trees, we are all blooming together, millions of fractals all forming a divine art, mirroring the highest love in the greatest form. Love is symbiotic, a divine giving and receiving, a healing mirroration. Love is all that is, and everything is unified through love. Love is like a mirror. Love is a reflection. Love is and always has been the foundation of truth, the basis behind everything else. And the more love we can receive, the more we can explore. Your perception truly is a reflection of your consciousness. So if you know that you are love, and everything is love, then you will experience great love in return. Spirit is expressing a divine essence through you, and it is safe to be exactly who you are. There is a world of dreams calling your name, asking you to come and breathe life into it. So yeah, I just think it's really beautiful that everything truly is woven through love and life, the breath of life. It's all one essence, and it creates everything and everyone. So knowing that it's love, the more we can tap into it and receive its energy and its bounty, the more we can share that, that full supply. It truly is beautiful, and it truly is abundant, and there's it's truly plentiful. It's, it's like Reiki because Reiki is passed down energy from one person to another person, so by taking the energy of nature, you can also pass that energy down to other people. So it truly is an energy that we need to resonate with and choose consciously to perceive. It's always there. Just open your mind to it. Open your heart to it. And love. Let yourself grow just like these trees. Become like nature, true in thought and intent, and mean no harm. Thank you for tuning in. I really enjoyed sharing this powerful message, and I really hope this message can help heal and bring love to your life as well. Blessed be. Thank you, guys. and welcome back to another episode of Inner Awakening. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about the you that is not you. In earlier episodes, you might remember that I discussed how everything is one universal energy, taking shape and form. The conscious awareness can observe this, but the ability to be conscious does not stem from what you perceive as you or the ego. The ego is your mind, and the mind is truly the only source of suffering in this world. Those who worship the mind essentially worship evil. We are the witnesser and the witness, but not the mind. Those controlled by the manifested material world or the matrix are perpetuating evil in the world, running life through their minds and their desires. Satanists do not worship their true self, however. They worship their ego or their mind. Individualism and material pursuits is all that they gravitate towards. Satan is one representation of evil in this world, just like the demon Kali in Hinduism, which is why they are mind-identified. They are locked in an illusion, perpetuating the suffering of this world. 
You might hear Hindus and Buddhists claim that everyone is God and that they are God. The difference here is that Hindus do not worship themselves. They worship, they reject the self to begin with. They are aware of their conscious connection to the divine and all that is. They reject the mind, trying to stay present as conscious observers. Their goal is to not get lost in thought and material attachment. In the world, in the words of Alan Watts, a person who thinks all the time has nothing to think about except thoughts. So he loses touch with reality and lives in a world of illusions. When we see ourselves as separate from God, we actually identify with our ego selves or as our mind. We confirm it. We identify with the dysfunction and the lack of connection. One who knows that they are God is whole and is at peace. And why is this? Because if you truly know that you are whole, there is less of a chase. There is no longer any rat race. Life simply becomes a dance or a game. Life can be enjoyed, but there is no need to conquer, there is no need to prove. Everything simply is, and we no longer have to depend on the environment for our sense of happiness or inner peace. The ego-driven world is truly insanity. We have learned to normalize this insanity in society. When we see ourselves, though, in unity with God and all that is, we are living out the frequency of love. Love is conditional, not something conditioned by the mind. There is no conditioned, condition required to feel and no love. It is eternal, not fleeting or sparse. The love frequency is also the frequency of abundance. Those who are driven by the mind identify with a scarcity mindset. There is always something that needs to be conquered. There is always something that needs to be achieved. But once they reach a certain goal, only then do they think they will be happy and that peace will be achieved. The ego can never really be fully fed though. It's ravenous, constantly needing more and more stimulation. It seeks and seeks and it is never enough. But time after time, we will learn that the only true way to be content in life is to practice non-attachment, to have acceptance of all that is. Once you know that you are a representation of divine manifestation, the outer world loses a lot of its meaning. We see that the real beauty is behind the manifestation. Without this knowing that everything that you could ever really truly need is already inside you, you'll suffer immensely. The reality is that without this knowledge, we are living like parasites. Instead of sucking blood from a victim, we derive our energy from the external. Why go through all this effort when all we need to do is go within? Everything external is fleeting. Understand that everything comes in and out of creation, through ourselves, the awareness. You no longer have to live dependent on anything, limiting your happiness. Why limit? Your happiness does not have to be condition, conditional or dependent on anything. We must remove this belief that has been engraved in us all, our lives that we need to seek. We've been conditioned to believe this. It's comfortable for some people to live in a lie though because it's all they've ever known. Their survival is dependent on it. 
and it's what they've been brought up on. But who would they be if they remove the veil? Feel the light within and thrive. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Stay tuned for the next one. Blessed be. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a short episode of Inner Awakening. I'm just going to share my thoughts on what it means to have a clearer vision. Uh, clearer vision only comes through if you're not fogged by doubt, fear, or resistance. Whatever we resist essentially persists in our lives. The less resistance we bring, the more understanding we will have of the actual truth, not our apparent truth. Our apparent truth is often plagued by fear. We believe something to be, only to find it was only a figment of our own feared ego, or of our own feared mind. The more we worry though, the more the mind convinces us that something is true, whatever we are afraid may be. The things we might fear to be true are usually based out of our need to control things. The more we worry, the bigger this reality gets. Before we know it, we are living in a fear-based world. Trust your higher self. Trust your intuition. Listen from the heart. The heart does not lie. Know what is actually true and what to be careful of. Only when we stop fighting our fears does true reality settle in. The more we fight, the more we fight what we don't want to see, the more our fears become a nightmare. Instead of living in a nightmare, we can use our imagination to create a beautiful dream instead. Sometimes we have to learn this the hard way, but you don't have to take the long road. Trust. Everything is truly working out best case scenario thank you guys i hope this helps someone um feel free to give me your thoughts and uh i'll be seeing you all soon hello everyone welcome back to another episode of inner awakening today i'm going to be talking about shadow work and being consciously present What if I told you that everything that you experience in your reality is for a divine reason? That everything is part of a bigger plan to bring you into alignment? Would you be able to trust, accept, and surrender then? So much of our lives are spent in fear, hoping that things do turn out a certain way or do not turn out a certain way. Why are we so attached to outcomes? Do we think that What we accomplish or seek will make us feel full. Our minds are entirely attached to the future, and we think that the future will hold some sort of key to salvation. We believe that the future holds the capacity for our happiness, whatever it is that we think will help us heal or even feel good. Can we just live in the present? To live in the present would mean to surrender to all hopes and fears. Only when we are not attached to any circumstances can we let go of our fears. This is why so many people in the world live in a perpetual state of anxiety. They cannot be present. If our minds are constantly in the future, 
then we will miss out on all that life has to offer us right now. When we crave, when we desire, we are once again living out of the ego and in survival mode. But why limit yourself to a life of chase, seeking a temporary band-aid? You have the capacity to overcome this type of conditioning. And by remembering your wholeness and divinity, you can reclaim yourself. Imagine spending your whole life in the past or future and not ever truly living. That is the sad reality of how most people run their lives. Seeking, seeking, and seeking, but never living. It's truly a waste of your life. So how does this all connect to shadow work, you might ask? Shadow work is about going within, understanding your triggers and your unconscious mind. By discovering our oppressed self, we can make more room for lightness and divinity. When our reality has been fogged by guilt, rejection, or shame, we form a mask to protect our ego and begin to identify more with an illusory self. If part of our divine expression has been repressed, we cannot live out of our light. Once we identify with our masks, our darkness though, and we identify them, we can surrender and begin to let go of it though. Our masks were only created as a defense, as a way to protect ourselves, as a way to protect the ego. And if we continue to live through the chaotic unconscious, we perpetuate a cycle of pain and desperation. The repression in the dark creates pain on both an unconscious and collective unconscious level. As we heal ourselves, we begin to heal humanity too, as we are all connected to each other. The point of shadow work is to dissolve the pain within by bringing conscious attention to it. Nothing can survive in the light of consciousness. Nothing dark, that is. Um, but by being present now, we see that there is only awareness. The you that you think you are has only been created by pain or by what other people have told you that you are. What you experience does not create a you, it's just an experience. There's nothing to resist or to seek. Fear in reality is just resistance, and if you practice acceptance and not attachment, then there's nothing to resist. Everything simply is. Now, you see that when you are mind identified, you are indeed a slave to the world around you. But if you rewire the conditioning, you'll remember that you're a whole and complete. Let go of your protective ego and make room for God. The paradox is that the only way that we have control in life is by not resisting anything and letting go completely. In the words of musical artist Anushka Shankar, the same tide that drew me close pushed me far away. He's saying the tighter you grasp to anything, the harder it is to obtain. Alan Watts said something similar. He said, in a relativistic universe, you don't cling to anything, you learn to swim. And you know what swimming is? It's kind of a relaxed attitude with the water, in which you don't keep yourself afloat by holding the water, but by a certain giving into it. You must create space for all things, including your own light. And that means not to cling, because clinging is really resistance to the unknown. And there is no point to fight or to flight if you know that everything, even the things that you've deemed unpleasant, are here to serve you and not hurt you. 
All experiences are the opportunity for your divine ascension and awakening. Not an ego formation, unless you let it. You choose how to react. Shadow work is an unlearning, a recognizing of the toxic patterns we have inflicted upon ourselves. Shadow work goes hand in hand with ascension because we embody the energy of Lord Shiva. We are destroying the illusions that we've built up around ourselves to protect ourselves. Just like Neo in the Matrix, we wake up to truly to true reality within. And the, the, the irony is that this ego formation doesn't really protect us, it really only hurts us. So once you know this, why would you continue to keep doing it again? Isn't that really like insanity? The definition of insanity? So we transform our darkness into light. We exit the matrix and we wake up to who we really are. Just like Neo, ascension is through conscious awareness and shadow work is a very useful tool to becoming more aware of our true nature. Shadow work is really about destroying illusion. And that's one of the key aspects to our ascension. We have to embody all the elements, all the energies that the gods represent. We are always whole, we are always complete, but it allows us to live out and make more room for light if we have this perspective. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, I really enjoyed talking about shadow work and conscious presence. And I really truly think that these are very important things. And it's not always easy, but if we want to ease our suffering, sometimes it's, we have to face the aspects of ourselves. And it's like, like even a Neo in the Matrix again, it's, it's not easy, but he becomes free. Wouldn't you want to be free? And always putting on a temporary band-aid? Go within. Make room. Love. Thank you, guys. Blessed be. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Jill Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about Christ Consciousness. We are living on this planet for a divine purpose. There's no need to resist. We must allow the light of consciousness to take over our being. Or we will be mind-identified. Nothing can resist the knowledge within the soul, the truth that is everything. Everything is happening for your ascension. The God within is yearning to come to the surface. Just like the ocean, we must return back to the wave itself, which brings all things into motion. Although we may doubt that there is a reason to it all, there is one thing that we must know. We are the second coming of Christ, and we are the ones with the divine awareness who can pull ourselves out of the darkness. We all have Christ consciousness within us, but not everyone is attuned to it, because we get trapped in the mind and the limitation. We are all the sons of God, and we are the saviors of ourselves. We are the healers of the pain we have unconsciously inflicted upon ourselves. 
We have to go within ourselves, and the only way out is through within. We exit the confines of our minds and rediscover for ourselves what it means to be a being of light. Go within yourself and live in the reality that you already know that you are at your core. We are the ones who will transcend duality and become one with consciousness. And it's not by any means an easy road and it's easy to fall back in old patterns, but we can remove the dark lens of fear. We can understand it and we can become more aware of it so we don't fall back into these mind games. And if we can trust in our highest self, nothing is really frightening anymore. Everyone needs a push out of the dark and light is what dissolves the gunk we have accumulated in our psyches over the time, this love. And Jesus said, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And if you can go within, you will see the remarkable healing effect it really has. We must have the same understanding with one another, as everyone is just a divine reflection of ourselves. And as we've been conditioned to live in the mind, the way to unlearn this conditioning of mind identification is through love. The connection is stronger than any drive to be separate. Love is the glue that holds and heals. It heals the wounds we have inflicted upon ourselves through our unconscious decisions to be separate. It may take time, but if we consistently love one another, we can transform the world. Did Jesus ever give up on his disciples and his people? No. So why do you give up so easily? Love can transform another being by allowing them to exit the confines of a fear-based mind. A new life is brought into creation, God in its highest form. From prisoner to free, we return back home. Thank you for tuning in today. Um, I hope you learned something about Christ consciousness, that it's within you and it's always available, and that it's stronger than any kind of resistance. It's, any, it's, it's stronger than any kind of it's strong any kind of need to be separate. It is the truth and it's eternal. And once again, time after time, we'll learn that the mind is what really will hurt us in the end. It will cause all the pain in the world. Adam and Eve, they might have decided to be separate, but I know it's, it's a parable, but they might have decided to identify with their mind and, you know, be separate from God. But look what all the pain it caused in the world. That was the original sin, and all, according to Eckhart Tolle, all sin really means is to miss the point. So they were really missing the point. They didn't see the pain that they would inflict. We don't see the pain that we inflict upon others because we're not conscious of how we act and what we think. Okay, so change your thoughts. Change your vibration. Tap into the reality that you already know you are at your core. Surrender and be free. Thank you. Blessed be.